0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. The season of
1: stars continues with Joanne Worley today. Also, what is this Judy Lee Day pet entertainer? What the hell is that?
2: She entertains pets.
1: She entertains pets. That's
2: She's a pet entertainer.
3: Okay. She'll sure.
2: sing to him, dance to him, just I'll spend bite. time with him, take him out on a date, whatever she entertains. You her. know,
3: it says she's from New Jersey, Jersey, and I thought I knew everybody in Jersey. Um, <laughs> in that had to do with dogs, and I don't know. I read her bio on a few places. We, we stomped some on some of the same grounds, and I don't know who she is. So let
1: me get this straight. You're already thinking that maybe the guest is, uh, I don't know, not on the up and up. Is that what
3: you're saying, Joey Baloni? Yeah. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, the, 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 one of the places she mentions in her bio is a place that I frequent regularly. Um, where they, it's it's a theater. It's the Kid Premier go Theater go in New Jersey. <laughs> no, yeah, Kidney <laughs> Gogo. <Okay>. <laughs> go. uh, maybe I've seen her there. Maybe I threw money at her. I don't know. Um, the ball pit of Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there you go. What do we do? What is the process
1: for vetting guests, Judy? Do we vet anybody? No. No. Are we supposed to? <laughs> we just, if they want to just come on the show, we just...
2: I take them for their work. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they have a website, and then, you, hey, You guys thought I was someone
3: until, <laughs> until I got on the show, and you said, what is this? look at this guy. <laughs> okay, well, uh,
1: okay, then we have Joanne Worley on the show today. She has a career that's... Uh, what was the last thing that she did? I don't know. Laughin, maybe I should vet her. Hollywood Square. Yeah, better she, make sure it's the real jo- jo- yeah. Joanne Worley. Yeah.
3: she was. She was Hollywood Squares too. I, I don't think she did that. Uh, did that. Yeah, yeah. I'm way. sure yeah. they all did. Hmm.
2: Well, I'm going to stick
1: around for the show. Stacy, what are you working on?
2: Well, I have a fear. I, You know, I don't know if I've told you guys about this or not, but mm. I am really afraid of birds. I guess it was because when <laughs> I was very young, I got to watch The Birds, that movie, and I'm telling you, it just shows you, don't let your kids watch weird stuff. I mean, my parents, I don't know what they were thinking. I had older sisters, and they, they used to like to torture me, and so I did watch that movie, The Birds, and I still have a fear of birds, and there was this kid that was riding a roller coaster, and a bird smacked right into his face. Oh, ow. Tell you, I would be (laughs) therapy forever. (laughs) Okay, therapy forever. I'd have one on call daily, I think. Anyway, I'll tell you the story coming up on Animal Radio News. Um I yeah. I have
3: a good bird scared bird story. Oh you do? When I was single, now I had my bird forever. Okay, I had it longer than my wife through a lot of relationships. And I remember I had this I had this um studio apartment that was on the third floor in this house. It was beautiful. It was a um attic apartment. Um real, real cool place. Anyway, so I met this girl and she was as hot as hot can be. Yeah, mm-hmm. come on back to the house and the bird was in the other room. She tells me she's scared of the bird but she'd like to see the bird. Okay, no problems. Are you sure you want to see the bird? No, I want. I want to get over my fear. Well, I took the bird out of the cage. I brought it out into the living room. She screamed so loud, the bird flew out the window. Oh! What? Flew out the window oh. into the tree. So now I got a problem here because I mean, McGurney. I never cut her wings. She never went anywhere. She don't even know she can fly. I think that she scared the crap out of her. That the bird. Figured out she could fly, flew out the window. So now I got a problem, and I got to go out the window because the roof of the house was just there and it's pitched, and I'm trying to get the burden. I'm leaning over. Oh and I'm looking down, saying, Well, if I fall, it's only about 45 feet. Oh, yeah. Just- and, down. Um, I ended, up, I ended up having to get the broom and knock the bird out of the, out of the tree with the broom, because she wouldn't get on, and she flew down into the bushes down below, and I ended up getting her and bringing her in the house. She was fine, but um, that was the last that time was your- I brought the bird out when someone says they're afraid. Yeah, and I bet that was there was no further dates after that. Yeah. Um, yes. No, there actually was. There actually was. Yeah, but the bird hot. had nothing to do with it. Yeah, she was hot. She was hot, <laughs> so, you know, ah, it's okay. You know, as mad as I was. It, the, the, the bird could have a broken beak and a wing you know, missing, and I ah, don't worry. I'll just take it to the vet. What are you working on today? What are we going to hear from you? We're going to talk about how to vibrate your color, vibrate, vibrate Listen, your color. Huh? You, you, you guys, you guys got me, you know, it's the whole train of thought today in, in the studio. We're going to t- teach people how to get their dogs color. Very vibrant. Okay. Not vibrate your color. Get your color Oh, God, I can't speak today, Hal. I'm sorry. I'm having problems with the mic, the headset's falling off, my glasses. Yeah, it's one of those days. You know, that's the first time I've
1: ever actually seen you in glasses. Are brand I, had, new? I had a
3: problem with contacts. No, I had a contact problem when I did that. You know, I did an event in Canada a couple of weeks ago, and I almost went blind, literally. And um, oh. it was since then, I can't put my contacts in. But I haven't gone to the eye doctor yet, so maybe, maybe I should do that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Should we answer some calls? Yes. What do you see? (laughs) Somebody save us. Let's see. uh, One for
1: Dr. Debbie. We have Andrew on the phone. Hi, Andrew. How are you doing?
4: Uh, I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys?
1: Splendid. Where are you calling from today?
4: Uh, Well, I'm in Utah now. Truck driver? Yes, I am.
1: What are you hauling? That's a new question I'm asking. you
4: you be nosy here, Hal.
1: What's going on in your world?
4: Oh, uh, not much. I got a question. Uh, I've got an Australian cattle dog puppy. She's a, a year and three months. Okay. My dad was saying he noticed that she looks like she might be partially blind. Oh. Uh, okay. I left left her at home for a month, and she would be walking with him, stop, and uh, he'd go down to the end of the hall and turn around. and She'd be sitting there sniffing around like she's tracking but I've really never noticed anything other than at night with her. Uh, what are you
5: noticing at night? What's she doing?
4: Uh, well, like my buddy, you know, Chris walks up, and he's still in the dark, and she'll see him, and she'll get a, a defensive kind of posture going, and then as soon as he hits the light close enough, she'll go into happy mode and go run over and get attention.
5: All right. So yeah, so I guess the first thing is we need to assess and, and figure out if your if your baby is having visual problems. And when you say the breed, uh, I guess the first thing that jumps out in a herding breed, some of the cattle dogs, the collies, um, there are some types of congenital problems that they can be born with that affects the retina, the back part of the eye. And there's kind of this whole complex of different problems. And some pets will have different Degrees of vision problems. Some are completely blind. Some have one eye that has a problem and, and so on. So, um, I think the first thing we need to do is figure out if we do, in fact, have a visual problem and some things at home. Uh, th- some of these tests are kind of crude in the sense that, um, you know, we basically test how the dog responds to things moving, whether it be in light or in darkness. Um, so one of the first things I'd have you do is um, kind of uh, sit with her, uh, turn the lights on, and um, have a cotton ball nearby, and basically throw the cotton ball in front of her her line of vision and see if she tracks that. Um, we want to use something very lightweight like a cotton ball, because it doesn't really send off any kind of air currents when you throw it by. If you something bigger um, or you wave your hand, you might send off these air currents. So test that in light and in darkness and see how she responds Um, that would be one thing the other would be to actually put her through a maze test um, in light and in darkness so you put her on a leash keep her really tight to your side and uh, set up some little barriers and you basically as horrible as it sounds you want to guide her towards those things in her midst and see if she can maneuver around them and if she can see them and avoid them then it's kind of a crude test of, of vision there um, but for most doggies in this category, especially since you're young, I would recommend uh, to see a veterinarian because we would need to do a good uh, exam of the retina, the back part of the eye. Um, for some dogs, uh, you know, vision loss is just something that they have. Um, but for some of these dogs, they can have some blood vessel problems resulting from this, and they can later go on to detach their retina or have more complications, some worsening of the vision. So it would be something to well worth get her uh, evaluated um, just to have those eyes checked out a little bit further.
4: Okay. Now, there there is one thing that I have noticed with looking directly into her eyes is on certain spots, uh got almost like a, looks almost like a luminescent clear
6: spot. Do you think that could mm, possibly
5: okay. anything? I mean, it could be. Uh, and the big thing is also is looking at the size and the shape of her pupils. Um, if in bright light, the normal dog eye response, bright light would be that the pupils should get small. Um, if her eyes remain dilated, so you can see a lot of that pupil, that may mean that we have some um, issues going on there. Or if you see an uneven size of those pupils between one eye and the other eye that would also be a symptom that uh, you know we've got something going on um, but I think from what you're describing um, if I'm not correct I mean I think it sounds like we were fairly certain she's got some vision issues so I, I would move forward with you know getting her checked out a bit further
4: okay yeah then I'll, have, I'll do that when I go get her updated on her uh, rabies
5: and you know, if, if she's a little visually, you know, challenged, um, most of these doggies can live wonderful lives, and um, they kind of adapt with all their other, uh, with their other senses, especially the nose. The nose helps so much with these guys um, in getting around and maneuvering. So, so not a yeah. horrible thing for her
7: to have to deal with.
1: Okay, thanks for the call, Andrew.
7: It's Alan Kibble, and I'm so grateful to have a chance to talk to the world's best audience. I know you care about your dogs. Some of you care a little bit too much. (laughs) Like the lady I was helping last week. While I was over at her house, she cut off a piece of cheese for herself. And while she was munching on it, her dog was fixated right on her face, sitting about two feet from us she proceeded to feed that dog the whole six-ounce package of cheese. I was trying to explain to her why that's not such a good idea. And there's many reasons. But here's the amazing part. Less than 20 minutes later, the dog threw up all over the place. She started telling me that he throws up every day. I asked her why she thinks he does that. And she told me he has a very delicate system. My next question was, what other things do you feed him? Oh, there's all kinds of stuff. Cheetos... Potato chips, egg salad, just about everything she eats. She told me he won't eat his dog food. (laughs) I laugh at it because of the absurdity. You know, the fact is she's taking years off her dog's life. And I politely told her I probably couldn't help her and I left. Some folks get dogs to fill holes in their lives. Maybe they're lonely or they suffered a loss. But it's so important to understand that dogs have needs too. Think of yourself as your dog's teacher and leader. Because your dog needs you to be those two things very, very much. If you have a dog or before you ever go out to get one, spend as much time as you can reading about dog behavior. Learning what it takes for a dog to be mellow, calm, and happy. Well adjusted. Knowing when your dog is anxious and fearful. And what to do about it. When I was out with my dog two days ago, a woman said that's what i want i want a big loyal dog i smiled and i couldn't help but think to myself i wonder if she knows what it takes to get one the knowledge the time and the commitment does she know about those things and is she prepared for it all too often the answer is no many many dog owners don't understand what their dogs are trying to tell them and they don't know how to teach their dogs The good news is anybody can learn because there's tons of information available. You just have to go and look for it. If you make the commitment to be a great dog leader, you're going to have a great dog. Get more tips at AnimalRadio.com.
8: People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food, simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and
0: gluten-free. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: Hey, let's uh, take a call for, what do you say, Alan? Uh,
0: Let's
7: do
9: it.
1: Which one? I'm game, man. Are you game? I'm game. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Line three. Hi, Mike. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? Oh, splitting (laughs) atoms. Where are you calling from today? (laughs) Uh, Calling from New Mexico. What's going on with you? Well,
9: I drive a truck, and, you know, I see all these truck drivers out here with dogs on the road with them, and I was wanting to get your guys' maybe possibly better educated opinions about what you guys think about that. Is it good for the dog to be in the truck and on the road? Is it not? And if it is, what's the best breed you guys think for the truck?
7: That's a good question, Mike. Hey, Mike, why do you want a dog? Is it because you're a dog lover or because you see all the other guys doing it and you want to do it too?
9: No, no, I've, I've grown up around dogs all my life. I love them. You know, my mom, she owns a grooming shop in New Mexico, has for 15 years. You know, just been raised around dogs all my life and just, you know, I'm out here on my own and just be kind of cool to have a have a buddy with me, I guess.
7: Absolutely. Now, do you want a puppy or do you want to get a dog that's already an adult?
9: Well, again, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, I've always, you know, my family, when we've gotten a dog, it's always been from a puppy. That way they grow up and you train them and they're, they're with you and I'm just, that's just kind of how we've always done it. So, I mean, a puppy would be great, but I guess it'd be really hard to... I at the very least, hard to house break them going down the road. Well, you can't properly do that, I would think, driving all the time.
7: Actually, you can as long as you got the time. I mean, the the best part about having a dog with you when you're in the truck is, you know, dogs are pack animals. You're the pack leader, and the dog always gets to be with the pack leader, which is awesome for the dog. And I'm I'm surprised more truckers don't have dogs. That's that's exciting for a dog, and it's exciting for you too. And and the only thing you have to worry about is that with a puppy, you got to stop every two three hours to let a puppy go to the bathroom because they have to go frequently. But but once the dog grows up, you don't have to do that. Now, if you can pull over every two three hours and take the dog for a a potty break it's going to be real easy to to potty train that dog very simple he'll never have a chance to need to go without you already addressing the issue so he will get trained very quickly to understand that you're going to stop every couple hours and let him go to the bathroom as far as uh, a calm dog a dog that can sit still for a long period of time you know believe it or not greyhounds are awesome dogs they're very cool and mellow they don't need a lot of exercise basset hounds are like that but if you want a dog that's like a lab or you want a bigger dog or any dog. You, the trick is to observe the puppies. If you can find somebody who's got a litter of puppies and just watch them, you're going to see which ones are rambunctious and goofy and crazy and energetic. And there's always a couple that like to lay around a lot. And believe it or not, when they get older, that pretty much transfers. They uh, they don't change. If a, if a dog is mellow as a puppy, he's going to be mellow as an adult. And if he's a crazy lunatic, I want to play lots of energy dog, when he gets bigger, he's going to be the same up until he's about four or five years old, and then he'll start to mellow out a little little bit so it's all in the observation of you finding puppies and watching them for a couple of hours and you'll be able to see which ones are mellowed
0: out
9: well i, I had an old english bulldog on the truck with me years and years ago and i just you know i, I let her go because it didn't I, I wasn't really sure if you know she was happy or not but i will say as far as mellow and relaxed that was the dog to have because she didn't want to do much other than just lay around on the bed or in the seat or on the floor or
7: Why weren't you sure she was happy? She was probably ecstatically happy just being around you,
9: buddy. Well, I was a lot younger at the time, too, and I probably had no business back then having a dog with me. I didn't have the time or the maturity for it, but... You know, I'm 32 years old now. That was probably almost 10 years ago, and I am just feel well, i a little bit and think I could handle it better.
7: Yeah, you have more wisdom and you're calmer. But think about this. Before you go, a lot of people buy dogs. They go to work all day. The dog is left alone 9, 10 hours a day locked up in an apartment, which is fair. You having the dog in your cab, making stops every now and then, playing with the dog. You know, you got to play with your dog at least a half hour a day. But the dog is going to be with you, around people, seeing all kinds of different things experiencing different smells but most of all you're together as a pack and that's what dogs crave if a dog had his way you would never leave they live in families and sure. packs and the packs are always together
9: sure now one quick question before i let you go um your best advice now one thing i mean i have grown up around my folks who've had dogs all their lives but as far as the truck goes maybe it's a little different what is your best suggestion on <clears throat> say the dog does have an accident I mean, I know some people use newspapers, some people rub the dog's face in it. I think that's inhumane the humane as all get-out because I wouldn't want my face rubbed in anything like that. But <laughs> do you have a suggestion or a recommendation as to how to handle an accident? Or
7: Yes. If, if the accident is happening right in front of your eyes, you make a quick correction. And a correction is just a strong word like no! And, and give the dog a little poke, or if the dog is a puppy, say no. And, and if you can, if you're pulled over, pick the dog up and put him outside immediately. But the trick sure. is, if the dog, if a dog has gone and had an accident, if more than 30 seconds goes by, forget about it. Just clean it up, make believe it never happened, because the dog okay. doesn't even remember that he or she did it. And and the other thing is to praise your dog. Whenever your dog goes to the bathroom outside, say, Good dog, good dog and when you catch your dog sure. going to the bathroom inside you go, Bad dog, no, no. And they learn real gotcha. quick. But but your dog's not going to have an accident, except if it's a puppy and maybe at night if you're sleeping, uh, if you sure. forget. But but when a dog is a puppy, if you take the dog out every three, four hours, by the time the dog is five, six, seven months old, that dog is going to be potty trained. You're not going to have to worry about accidents. And the other thing to remember is if your dog is house trained and your dog does have an accident or starts having accidents, take your dog to the vet immediately. Make sure there's not a medical problem because that, that happens sometimes. Remember, they can't talk, so...
9: Well, terrific. Thank you so much for uh, taking my call, and that was incredible advice. You're awesome. Based on what you guys said, I think I'll go ahead and look into... Hey, Mike, I think you should do it. Hey,
7: Mike, what are you hauling? Before you go, what are you
9: hauling? Oh, we haul everything right now. I've got beef, and I'm headed to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and we haul furniture, and... Alcohol, beer, and just whatever fits in my trailer.
7: Hey, if you come out this way, can we load my mother-in-law into your truck in the
8: middle of the night? That <laughs> sure would help me out a little.
9: <laughs> anything, buddy, anything.
8: Thanks for your call, be- Mike. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten free.
2: This is an Animal Radio News update. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. There's a father who's in China, and he's going to pretty great lengths, or more accurately, great heights, to make sure that his baby has plenty of fresh milk. Orange News reports that Wang Zing and his wife have converted the roof of their house, ready for this, into a sheep farm, so they can help provide a never-ending supply of the beverage he explains that his daughter was born shortly after a scandal broke out in china over poison baby milk formula he says they didn't know if they could trust something that they bought at the store so they decided to take matters into their own hands they could have taken in into their own breast i mean the the mother could have breastfed but he bought two ewes anyway <laughs> two ewes for about 470 bucks and then later added a ram to complete the flock which is still living happily four stories above the ground I can imagine what it smells like in their house. Police in England are breaking out the big tools. They're trying to find this missing snake. The Sun reports authorities in Plymouth are using a helicopter that's equipped with thermal imaging cameras so they can help locate this four-foot boa constrictor. The reptile was spotted on a busy street last week. Three locals were actually able to trap him in a trash can. However, though... The little animal proved too powerful for them, and uh, he broke free again, leading police to take to the air. They've uh, yet to find this non-venomous snake, and officials are warning residents not to try to take care of the runaway themselves. Well, forget about anabolic steroids and easy-to-swallow tablets or EPO and clean syringes. Ancient Olympic dopers got their pre-game hormone boost from chewing on—ready for this? Oh, wait you hear this! From chewing on raw animal testicles. They didn't even cook them. They just ate them raw. The problem of some Olympic competitors taking potions, medicines, and supplements to boost performance is as old as the games themselves. Even athletes of the 19th century thought nothing of fortifying themselves with cocoa leaves, cocaine, and alcohol. Thomas Hicks, he won the 1904 Olympic Marathon with the help of a raw egg, strychnine, and shots of brandy that were given to him at regular intervals by his attentive coach. Can you imagine, how could he even compete? Experts say what drove people to extremes then is probably similar what drives athletes to dope now. After all, the desire to win by any means must have been strong to induce athletes to eat raw testicles. It was probably also seen as a sign of masculinity. Oh, you guys, you know, you just got to prove your point. The difference now is that drugs are safer. They're a little more subtler and uh, hopefully a little bit more sophisticated. And the perception of cheating has changed. And I don't think the perception of eating raw testicles has, though. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm Stacey Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
0: The following program is a repeat of an earlier broadcast.
1: Miss Worley?
10: Hello? Good morning. Good
1: morning. Joanne Worley joining us. What a cheery little voice.
10: Well, thank you, Hal, and what a cheery little voice you have. Yeah, but
1: first of all, I just want people to know that just because I'm familiar with Rowan and Martin, and that's where I know you from, that I'm still 29 years old. Absolutely.
10: You know, that's where I met a lot of people the first time, was on Rowan and Martin's Laughing, and I am so proud of that. We recently had a kind of reunion back in Connecticut, so uh we we see each other quite often we californians and uh but it there there were some people there that i hadn't seen for a while and it was really wonderful fun
1: <laughs> so we we spoke to fred willard a few weeks back and he said that he was off to uh judge the canine film festival with you how did that go yes in san
10: francisco we had a great time doing that now uh there you know i uh am very involved with actors and others for animals i'm the vice president yeah you're as the a vp
1: yeah the uh,
10: yeah. And I was just on the phone before I called you with our executive director talking about, uh, you know, several things that we're we're trying to do. And, you know, at Christmas time we we send people thank yous, wishing them well, people who have been generous to us. And so, you know, we're all writing a bunch of those. But Fred and Mary Willard, Mary Willard, his wife, is now on our board of directors.
11: Wow.
10: Very good.
1: tell, Tell the listeners a little bit about Actors and Others.
10: Well, I'll actor, it's it, its kind of a silly name that, uh, or it is silly, when people mess it up, they say actors and other animals, or <laughs> animals for actors, you know, that thing. But it came about uh, Doris Day, years ago on the set, saw a need and was collecting money from the other actors on the set, and uh, for animals, uh-huh. and whatever the need was, say it was, you know, a, a litter of puppies or kittens, something that had to be taken care of, and The people who were behind the camera, the lighting crew, the the people who did wardrobe, uh, they all said, I want to contribute, I care. So that's how the word and others Ah. got into it, actors and others for animals. Uh Anyway, we mainly uh, address spay and neuter because that is the source, as I know you people know all too well, of the problem, which is not enough, homes, good homes, for all the available pets. And that is, that's why so many of them have to be uh, put down. Is a very kind word, isn't it? Uh, yes. You know, destroyed.
1: Yeah, put to sleep. Happens. When they say put to sleep, it sounds so gentle. Put to sleep, because I think of an, an angelic scene when I, I think of sleep, but that's not the case. There's yeah, with a
10: lullaby playing in the background and a little nappy blanket and no, it, it is uh, it, it is so uh, inhumane. <laughs> uh, the process, the process, and the need is what's inhumane. Mm-hmm. So the, the best way uh, we feel, and obviously most uh, humane groups feel, is get the spay and neuter in control, and then you know do whatever we can in all the other areas where there is need, like humane legislation and education. And, uh, you know, do whatever we can, but our main thrust is spay and neuter.
1: Do you have uh, friends at home? Do you have uh, cats or dogs or fish? Oh,
10: well, I have right now a miniature, obviously, not obviously, but I'm sure you would assume a saved uh, miniature Yorkshire Terrier who travels everywhere with me. She is... uh... (laughs) And that is the reason I only have one. Is I can get one in cabin with me. It is against (laughs) all airplane rules to have two. I know she'd love to have a brother or sister, Uh uh, but we go. um, You know, she went with me up to the Canine Film Festival. Uh We. She went with me back to Connecticut and then to Tennessee. And she is a world class traveler. Does she she fit in your purse?
1: Do you do you have a purse and she 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 fits in that or how do you travel with her?
10: Oh, I travel with her according to the rules of the airline, and each of them is a little different. She travels in a Sherpa, Uh which is an airline-approved bag that goes at my feet in front of me. Uh, When I make my reservation, uh, she has her own special reservation, (laughs) and she has to get a health certificate Mm. 10 days before travel. We go to the vet and get that, and she has to... um, well, each airline is different. Sometimes there's only one pet allowed in cabin, mm-hmm. and sometimes there are, usually in first class, it's just one, wow. and we we go first class because it's just easier, there's more room.
1: So so and, could I run into Joanne Worley at the post office with her little dog in, in a purse or uh, in tow somehow?
10: Absolutely. Yeah, okay. she, yes, absolutely. She has uh, a, an, an entire wardrobe of purses that are hers uh, that go on my shoulder, and she goes everywhere with me. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, you're not supposed to take your dog into the post office.
1: Oh, really? Uh, I didn't know that.
10: Only service yeah. dogs. Uh. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, you must know that she is a service dog. Oh, okay. Her <laughs> what, what's name a... is Harmony. Okay. And she keeps me calm. She
1: keeps you sane
10: insane and, and that is an extremely good thing <laughs> so she is really of service to me and other people so uh but she does have her own purses and i always get uh the cotton kind because
11: uh-huh.
10: they breathe and when she wants to she sleeps in there and then or she'll uh you know stand up on her hind legs there and i support her with my hand underneath she's on the Straps her on my shoulder, and she'll stand up with her little head out and go, "What? What? What's happening here? Anybody need kisses? Any? Any? What, what needs to go on here?"
1: Do you dress I, her up?
10: Oh no, I, I, she doesn't have to do anything okay. other than be the most wonderful doggy in the world. I I don't dress her up. I know uh, quite often we uh, do a Christmas card, and she never wears an outfit. I wear the outfit, of course. <laughs> I wouldn't impose that on her. As a matter of fact, I just tried to get her a new necklace. Uh, not necklace, I'm so sorry. Collar!
12: A collar, okay.
10: <laughs> a new collar with uh, rhinestones on it, because it was very pretty. Uh-huh. But I found that it wasn't soft enough around her neck. Sure. And that it could be a little... Uh, and I went, oh, I don't know, but I want her to, you know, you know, put her little paw against that. Uh-huh. So I went for a very soft uh, version.
1: Very good. You know what we have in the prize closet there is we have some of that jewelry. We should send that off see if she likes it. Oh, some bling oh, Some bling yes. bling that we just got. it. Uh, we appreciate you taking time out of your day to join us for this. I love so tell you
10: saying that. I have, I'm, I have enjoyed talking with you good people, and it's always fun to talk to people who have the same interests at heart. And uh, the fact that we all uh, care about the welfare of animals is a, a good thing, and I enjoy talking to other people who have that at the front of their uh, life mission
1: also. You're awesome. Thank you so much for what you're doing. And, of course, check out Actors and Others at www.actorsandothers.com. Joanne Worley joining us.
0: Check out Animal Radio Highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet.
8: Fido Friendly Magazine presents the 11th Annual Cross-Country Pet Adoption Tour. Get your licks on Route 66. Brought to you by media sponsor Animal Radio and companion sponsors Paws and Claws, Blackwood Pet Food, and Zymox. The tour travels from Los Angeles to Chicago from September 7th to October 13th, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events and to raise money for the shelters. Advocate sponsors Hands-On Gloves, Tito's Vodka, Rolf C. Hagen, and Buddy Belts, along with community sponsor Doggy Water to Go, help provide great prizes when you donate to spin our giant spinning wheel with all proceeds benefiting the shelter that day. Log on to FidoFriendly.com to learn where the tour stops near you. And who knows? You just might find your new forever friend.
3: That must Mean, it's time for Joey Volani's tip of the week. Hey, but listen, I, 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 people were asking me, um, and they ask me this a lot, and about sprucing up their pet's color um, and, uh, and their color on their coat. <laughs> And there's a real easy way. Actually, it's, it's funny because I did it about a week ago. And it's something that's really easy if you do it right. Now, I'm going to tell everyone this right now. If you got a multicolored dog, like a party colored poodle or something like that, uh-huh. way, you know, like, a, let's, Dalmatian is a good example because everyone can picture a Dalmatian. They may not know what a party colored poodle is. You don't want to try this. That, it's, it's too difficult to do something like that. But if your dog is a solid color, if it's solid brown, if it's solid black, if it's apricot, if it's blonde, Real, real easy way. The first thing you're going to do is go out and get yourself a um, small jar of Vaseline. Not scented, just a regular Vaseline is number one. And KY the won't sec- work, just Vaseline. K- well, I got to tell you what, KY will work, as long as it's okay. not the stuff, the warming gel, just the <laughs> regular stuff, you know. Regular KY actually will work, so. Okay. so now that you threw your little joke in there and it didn't work, because it still works, so. <laughs> Um <laughs> what we're going to do is is you're going to go out, and you're going to shop, and you're going to go into the aisle, and you're going to find the just-for-men hair color. Okay? okay. Not the stuff for the beard and the mustache, the hair color. And you're going to first go home, and you're going to do a test patch on your dog with it. Now, the problem is doing the test patch with it is once you mix this stuff, it's no good anymore. So just take a couple of drops of each solution that's in it. There's two solutions. There's the activator and there's the color. So put two drops of activator, two drops of color, mix it together, and put it on a test spot on your dog. Leave it on for five minutes rinse it off, okay, and just, I would wait until the next day, see if there's any irritation, if the skin looks pink, if something looks different, if, if that happens, you don't want to do this. If it doesn't happen, the next thing you're going to do is you're going to figure out a way of how to secure your dog safely In your bathtub or sink. And I say this because if you don't, I don't want hate mail. I don't want people saying to me that my dog jumped out and stained my carpets and my furniture and everything in the house. Because that will happen if your pet is not, and dogs, not cats. This is for dogs. Okay. Um, That... You want to make sure that they're safe. So I would do a whole test thing first. If you do your little test patch, put your dog in the the sink or the tub, see how they respond to the water, um, the sound of it, you know, whatever. So you're going to put your dog in. While your dog is, and I'm going to say this twice, dry, while your dog is dry, you are going to put the solution on. The solution, you just mix it together. It comes with a squeeze bottle. Wear gloves. Before you do all that, I skipped a step. Make sure you put a little drop of Vaseline or KY in their eyes. Now, this is going to protect the, their in eyes. In their eyes? You can put it in their eyes. It's not going to hurt them. It's You know, we, we do this a lot when you use um, pesticides and you use medicated shampoo, stuff that may be irritating to the pet's eyes. Now, it's not something that's it's going to resist it. It's not going to, um, you know... How could I say? Um, it's not like it's it's waterproof or, or chemical proof. It's just going to help resist anything from getting in there. So you want to still be real gentle around the eyes. If something goes in the eyes, wipe it out. And what I would say is because you got to work fast. If you have a big dog, you need two people because yeah. it, this stuff is going to work real quickly. In five minutes, you got to put it on and rinse it off. So you're going to apply it to the dog Apply it to the areas that really need it the most, and it's usually the head, the back, you know, the areas that you really want um, the color you want. Leave it on for the re- recommended time that it says, five minutes. If your dog is in a solid black or solid brown and has just you know like a hint of maybe other colors in it, leave it on for three minutes, okay? Because when you rinse it off, you'll you'll have you'll achieve the the natural effect that you want. Shampoo it in. Rinse it off, shampoo the dog normally, and condition. Condition is an important step in this because it's going to lock everything in place. After you're done, you're going to have a dog that looked like you took 10 years off them. They look great. This is a trick that we use in grooming competitions. When you want the dog to stand out amongst others, what we do is we'll do this. Now, we would usually use a um, permanent dye because it stands out a little bit more. You don't want to do that at home. That's a a little bit dangerous. It's a little bit messy. It's something if you're not a professional, don't do it. But the Just for Men works unbelievable. You'll have great results. Your dog will look great. And you know what, if you don't want to do it, bring it to your groomer. Bring the is, color you want, bring the dog and let them do it.
1: Is that just for men just the same as like L'Oreal, the the stuff that ladies use to to dye their hair? The,
3: it, it, it's very close. The difference is this, is the Just For Men product um, is, it's made for men, so it's idiot proof where the L'Oreal <laughs> is probably is, it's, it's, it's a little bit more permanent it's a little bit um, more difficult to work with, so I like using the Just For Men because it is idiot proof because it just shampoos in and out, and I don't know of any other product that does that there may be other products on the market that do it but I've tested the Just For Men on pets and I've never had a problem with it, I've never had irritation, so that the one that I'm going to recommend at this point, until I know more about some of the other products out there. Judy had me dye her hair,
1: and uh, it, you have to do that really fast. I mean, yeah, you've. I gotta, can't imagine doing a whole
3: dog that way. Yeah, you only got. X well, that's why with a dog. You need you need a couple of hands. A really big dog is a challenge. It's gonna be difficult. A small dog, like I have the Karen Terriers and all, whatever, actually medium sized to small, they're not that hard. Ladybug would be a breeze, um, you know, because it would take it would take just two minutes to apply the product and let it sit for a minute or three, depending on how would, you know how much color you want. Hmm. Man, I
7: love it. the Work's Just great. for Men, It'll Joey. You, you use that, at that one? Oh, yeah. I use it on my chest and my hair, my back, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and it's I'm great a Just for... for
3: Men guy myself.
7: Oh, and, and it's great for carpeting, you know, dark colored carpeting if you have a problem. Yeah.
1: I just use the KY. That's all I use out of it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys.
1: Oh, that's gross. <laughs> there you go. one 405 8405 Joey Villani's tip of the week over at the website at animalradio.com. A little, little bit of testosterone in the studio today? Just
2: a little bit too much. Dr. Debbie, get in here.
1: Hello, I'm David Bellamy the Bellamy Brothers,
4: and we're on Animal Radio. Love your animals.
13: You'll roll over with joy for Bike Club, the new Melanie Travis canine mystery by award-winning author Lorian Berenson. Amateur sleuth and proud parent of prize-winning poodles, Melanie Travis has a new book club catering to fans of crime fiction. That means when homicide hits her suburban town, this time she has a whole pack of mystery-solving pals to help her collar the killer. Dog lovers won't want to miss this light-hearted, playful caper. Bike Club is on sale now everywhere books are sold. Learn more at kensingtoncozies.com.
0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
2: On the big show today,
1: pet entertainer Lee Day. I have no idea what this lady's up to, but uh, Judy assures me that I'll enjoy this guest, Lee Day, the pet entertainer. You'll Grab your pets, bring them around the radio, because we're going to entertain your pets today, too. Not just you, but your pets
2: also. Uh, Stacy Cohn, working hard in the newsroom. What's going on, girlfriend? How adventurous are you with your food? I mean, does frog legs scare you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> fried, they have uh, chocolate-dipped bugs people okay. eat. There's all kinds oh, of beautiful. stuff people eat. Would you try a bite of rat bruschetta or rat tenderloin? What about paying a whopping 100 bucks for a multi-course rat dinner? They did in New York. Maybe you wouldn't, but you know, those New Yorkers, they'll try anything. I'll tell you about it. Coming up on Animal Radio News. I can't wait. Maybe hungry.
1: Order me I some
2: some call call
1: Domino's and see if they have any rat bruschetta.
2: Rat delivery. There, there's more
7: know, rats in New York than people, so why would you have to go not? get one? That's what I'm
1: saying.
5: But it's a, it's a use of a resource. Maybe that's the angle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's the angle. There it is. <laughs> Let's uh, hit the phones. one 405 8405 Hey, Jody. Oh, hi. Welcome
12: to the show. Oh, thank you for taking my call. What's going on? Well... Um, I have a two-year-old cat, which has pretty much had the house to herself with everything. She's an indoor cat, and we just recently got two kittens, and now she has not gone, doesn't use her litter box, and she chews the hair on the back of her neck, Um, well, until it bleeds. It's really kind of raw, and I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should give up the kittens or if there's something mm-hmm. else I could
5: try. How long have the kittens been in the home?
12: Two
5: months. Two months, okay. Yeah. And then how do they relate? Do they interact
12: at all with her? Um, one of them doesn't, and the other one actually goes and plays a little bit with her, you know, kind of chases her around and stuff like that. And there's plenty of toys, and there's a cat tree. And Okay, and you said she's
5: chewing her fur out, mm-hmm. and she's not using the box, is that correct?
12: Yes, uh-huh. She used to use the litter box before, and she wasn't... Was fine before, and now all of a sudden, no, she doesn't want to use her litter box.
5: And is that for both peeing and the pooping jobs, or yes. one or the other? Yeah, for about. both. Uh-huh. Okay. And then um, tell me about um, when you got these kittens, did you just kind of um, have them in the same home? Were they separated at all?
12: No, they were the same. They were cousins.
5: How many litter boxes we got in this house?
12: Three.
5: Three litter boxes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And... As far as in anything else with your kitty cat that I need to know about? Any other health problems along the way?
12: Well, you know, she did have some, um, whenever there's something that stresses her out, she does tend to pull her fur out. And so she had, before we even got the kittens when I first got her, and we had, you know, family and dogs and things like that, she got, you know, upset and nervous. So we changed the cat um, food because they said she's allergic to corn. So mm-hmm. I changed it, and she seemed to be fine, and okay. she got over that problem.
5: And now it's worse now. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that's kind of what I was suspecting as you described it. So there are some cats that can have a psychogenic um, alopecia. Basically, they overgroom themselves out of their own anxiety. Oh. Um, that's not generally a case where food controls it. So that's where there's probably some degree of uh, either food allergy or other types of allergies for your kitty that we can medically control. So I'd want to make sure that you get that tackled and and maybe get her checked out with a vet to make sure we're on the right road physically with her health. Mm -hmm. Um, psychologically, if we add new kittens or new cats to the home, the best way to do that is to gradually introduce, um, a new cat or cats into the home. Mm -hmm. So if I could rewind your situation, Mm -hmm. my recommendations at the get go would have been to keep your kitty to have free run of her house Mm -hmm. and then add these kittens into a separate room where they can kind of start to get used to the smell of your cat Mm -hmm. under the door. Um, in kind of just getting used to the sights, the sounds, without really having a lot of physical stress, physical alterate, um, altercations, um, or have to compete for resources like the litter box, the food, or for your affection. Uh-huh. Um, that would be ideal. And you can still do that. We can take a step back, separate the kittens, give her the space that she needs to kind of reset and to calm herself. And I do that for at least a week, okay. um, really to kind of let her reset. And in that time, we want to kind of return to what, what we could do to motivate her to like these cats in the presence of the cats? So I'd add in a scent hormone, a pheromone, mm-hmm. like a feel-away, um, add that in by a diffuser in the home. I would make sure we start feeding the cats on a certain time schedule, and we want to feed them on opposing sides of the separation. So if it's a door or if it's a screen door, what have you, we want the food not to always be available, but to be available only when, she is around these other cats, and that is her reward for just tolerating the mere presence of those kittens. It's really kind of the way to look at it. Um, And we want to make sure that she learns that all good things happen when these kittens are around and that kind of works psychologically to make her feel more comfort less anxiety uh with the presence of these babies and then we work up to kind of gradually working them back into the environment into the home um and then sometimes even for kittens if these guys are little and we've got an adult in the home Mm -hmm. i will put a collar and bell on the kittens Mm -hmm. because that kind of gives the adult cat a little fair warning that the little whippersnappers are coming around, Uh and then she can retreat, she can go elsewhere, and if she doesn't feel like um, intervening and physically uh, meeting up with the kitten, then she can do her own thing and kind of uh, retreat, if you will. Um, But I I think those are some of the things. And then environmentally, um, you mentioned three litter pans. I love that. I want to make sure those litter pans are spread across the house, that we don't have covers on them.
12: Yeah. Different... Okay, so spread, so one in one room and one in another, and exactly, yeah. Right. So if
5: you put all three litter pans in one room. It can be a territorial thing so if it's more trouble to walk down this hallway that I'm going to get ambushed by this kitten mm. I may not want to go to that litter pan okay. so we want to make sure they're strategically in different areas so if you have a two-story home you want to have sure. some upstairs and downstairs you can't really take that away from them they got to have that outlet okay. um, and then make sure that the litter pans are uncovered um, right. make sure that uh, you know we we've got plenty of perching sites so you have a cat tree i'd also look for other ways that we can give her some special places to get away whether okay. they're little Cat um, hammocks for the windows, or another tree, or or heck some even some nice big boxes that you can let her uh, kind of climb and get into. Uh-huh. Um, those are good for physical and mental security. It kind of gives them a place to hide. So,
12: yeah. what Hopefully about a place outside? Like making an outdoor. Um, place where she can't actually get outside, but it's outside.
5: But yeah, that that can be great environmentally as well. So she can have something else to focus on. Now, it could be a position where that might be a little sensory overload if you have, especially if you have other kitties outdoors in the area. Mm-hmm. If you don't, um, then it might be fun for her to watch the birds to have things to to watch. But uh, if you have a lot of stray cats or cats in the neighborhood, that could actually amp up her anxiety more. So um, you kind of got to know your situation there. Okay. Yeah. So. Well, ho- hopefully that can help. And, you know, if she is an excessive groomer and she has a certain degree of anxiety, there are some of these kitties that I do put on behavior medications, and it can really help them cope. Um, but by itself, medication will fail. So you really have to do these other physical and env- environmental changes as well.
12: Okay, so by moving the litter box around, maybe she'll get used to going in her litter box instead of Always. In
5: her litter box, yeah, and not have to compete or to have to worry about where she's walking if the kittens are going to be in that immediate area, so yeah. Okay. All right, well, hope that's of some help for you.
1: We appreciate your call. Good luck with those little fur balls.
5: Yes, thank you
1: so much. This healthy serving of animal radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. It's always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can learn more at redbarninc.com. And thank you, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio.
7: It's Alan Cable with a very important dog tip, probably the most important one I've ever given you. Aggressive dogs are a huge problem in America. I just saw one at the dog park, a bulldog. He was out of his mind on the leash. Wanted to attack everybody. I tried to talk to the owners, but they didn't want to hear about it. Some folks get very defensive when you say they have an aggressive dog. If your dog is showing signs of aggression, rule out any medical problems or injuries first. Take them to the vet. Once a medical reason is ruled out, you got to deal with it. A lot of people think it'll just go away or that their dog would never hurt a member of the family or they say hey he doesn't act like that all the time it's a mistake to think that just because your dog hasn't bitten anybody you don't have a problem aggressive dogs are unpredictable and they can become dangerous if your dog is growling snarling or jumping up on people trying to mount them snapping barking constantly putting his teeth on you even if he doesn't break the skin your dog's more than likely got a problem with aggression and is fully capable of biting someone some of the places and times you might see your dog become aggressive it might happen when there's other dogs around or strange people when he's eating and somebody gets too close or walks by when you're trying to remove a dog from your space like on the couch or in your bed a lot of times you see it when a dog is in the car and a stranger walks by the dog just goes nuts or when he's on a leash in public Sometimes when a small dog is being held by its owner and somebody gets close, the dog starts to growl and snap. Some dogs chase anything that moves. Some dogs show aggression when you move too quickly or suddenly, when you're putting the leash on, when he's sleeping and you disturb him. Many people are in denial when they have an aggressive dog. They see the dog as a human, another person. They rationalize, make excuses, and try to reason with the dog. And they don't want to hear about it. Well, listen up. If your dog is showing signs of aggression, you need to find a professional an expert in animal behavior. Because this is the kind of problem that only gets worse. Again, find a professional. Find an expert. Don't attempt to do it yourself. Be a responsible dog owner. Get more tips at AnimalRadio.com.
0: This is Animal Radio, baby.
13: Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people. A Scottish woman credits a head-butting cow with saving her life. Sarah Kerr had been feeling some indigestion for a while, but it wasn't until a cow butted her in the stomach that she sought an examination, which revealed she had cervical cancer. Doctors reported that without the examination, the disease would have likely spread to a dangerous level. Kerr, who works as an agricultural expert, was quoted as saying, if it hadn't been for that accident with the cow... I don't know what would have happened. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio.
4: Hi, I'm Ed and You're on Animal Radio. Spay or neuter your animals, you dummies.
14: Here is today's top automotive news story. I'm Mick Miles. Land Rover will introduce the second generation Defender at next month's Frankfurt Auto Show. The Defender is expected to be offered in at least three body styles. In the new version, recreating the successful lineup of the first generation Defender, which ran from 1948 to 2016, there will be a seven-seat safari wagon, a shorter wheel-based five-seat version, and a three-door Jeep Wrangler-like model with an optional convertible top. To find your new Land Rover, see our reviews at ourautoexpert.com.
0: Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car care needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service. For professional parts people you can trust, stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts. Better prices every day. Hi, Beth. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi. What's going on? I have Alan Cable right here. I understand you have dog issues.
13: Well, yes. um, It seems like... Now, I've only had this dog a couple days, but I recently adopted a 10-month-old mini Aussie from the local rescue group, and I also have a 4-year-old Aussie female. They're both small. The female is 16 pounds, and this 10-month-old male is um, about 20 pounds. And um, he is very aggressive around her with anything if she picks up a toy runs over and takes it away from her and they get into scuffles over this and i've had to break up a few altercations
7: how do you break it up Beth? what do you do
13: i just yell at them <laughs> and
7: uh-huh. they stop. Uh-huh.
13: i don't let it escalate to the point where they're just absolutely you know tearing each other apart but you know when they start the growling intensifies and they're you know kind of in each other's face um I, you know, I just say, hey, 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 you know, knock it off, and, and then they kind of stop, or I stick my hand down and grab whoever, but if I don't, I feed him in a crate because he will go after her food. If I give him um, a chew treat of any kind, why he's very aggressive, he goes right after hers even if he has one
12: right and, well, and
7: and you said that the uh, you said that the dog, the one dog you've had for years and the and the other one you just brought home, you've had for ten months and the other one you just brought home?
13: Yes, yeah, so I haven't had I've only the ten month old I've only had a couple of days, the four-year- old I've had since she was young.
7: Okay, so now the four-year- old, how well trained is that dog? I mean, if you told that dog to go down stay, would she do it?
13: Uh, probably, well, she doesn't know a downstate command anymore because I, okay. you know, right. but she she would back
7: off. This is this is kind of normal when you bring a new dog home, uh, especially a new dog home, and, and there's another dog in the house and you're in the house. Most of the time, you know, that dog is basically when a, when a dog has food aggression like that is saying, "Hey, I'm in charge. You know, this is my food. Get lost." That's what the dog is saying. The dog is saying, "I'm the pack leader. I'm the alpha dog," and it's up to you to become the pack leader and the alpha dog. And the easiest way to do that in your situation is to take ownership of the food. Now, when you feed the dog, how do you do it? Do you just put the, the dog food in a bowl and walk away?
13: I tried that. It didn't work out too well. So now well, what I do wait. is the, the female, the one I've had, I, I put her food down. I put the male in the crate, and I put the bowl in the crate with him.
7: That's a good solution. That's a good short-term solution. But you want to eliminate all the the aggressive behaviors. And and the quickest way, the best way to do that is to be the pack leader. And you're going to have to be patient and persistent. Start walking them together. Uh Don't let them walk in front of you, though. Make them walk at your side. Get a pinch collar and, and make sure both dogs have the pinch collar so that you can give corrections. Do you know what a correction is? Yes. Okay. All right, so what you're going to do with your new dog is you're going to make that dog work for his food. So when you feed your dog, you're going to put the dog into the dish and just stand there and tell the dog to sit before you put the food down, and then you're going to stay there for a little while with your hand on the dish. When you have your hand on the dish, you own the food. You're going to get the dog used to you being there while the dog eats, and every now and then keep a couple of treats or a couple of pieces of food in your other hand and throw those treats into the bowl. Does your dog swap his food i mean does he just scarf it down the new dog or does Pretty he eat it slowly it. put some water in there put a toy in there too to slow him down a little bit he's scarfing it down because he thinks he, you know it's a new environment he might think that he's never going to get fed again so he's scarfing it down because of that so you want to take ownership of the food by being there keep your keep your hand on the bowl and then when the dog gets comfortable with you being there you start giving praise a good dog good dog and give her a pet every now and then after you do that for about two weeks three weeks however long it takes where that dog is very comfortable with you there and is no longer being possessive of the food you're going to start bringing the other dog around slowly on a leash and you're going to start by putting the other dog in the down position when you feed your you know your dog when you feed your dog you're going to bring the other dog there and put the dog in the down position about six, seven feet away, or even in the crate, if that's easier for you, or even if you have somebody to help you hold the other dog. And you're going to slowly, over days, move the other dog closer to your dog, the the one with the aggression problem, eating. And you're going to see that pretty soon, in a month or two, the dog is going to realize that the other dog is no threat, that you're the pack leader, and become very, very comfortable eating around that other dog. But if she does exhibit aggression, take her food away. That's how you give her a correction. Take her food right away.
13: Okay. And then I think he's also suffering from a little bit of separation anxiety because he just follows me everywhere. Um, Is that the
7: young dog now? Yes.
13: And I've had to crate him when I leave the house because I tried having him in the kitchen. He was up on the kitchen table, he was into the Uh recycle bin. I mean,
7: again, this is all who's the pack leader, okay? Okay. Because a dog would never let you leave the house. When a dog is in charge, they don't let you lead. So you're going to, everything you do has to be based on you being the leader, you being in charge. When you leave the house, put the dog in a crate. Do not talk to the dog, pay no attention to the dog. Just leave. When you come home, do not talk to the dog dog. Pay no attention to the dog for about 20 minutes. Then let her out of her crate. Take her outside. Don't talk. Let her go to the bathroom. Good dog when she goes to the bathroom. Be very right. calm. Make it very uneventful, your comings and goings.
13: Okay. that you know. Hopefully, we can work this out because he's a sweet little guy. I mean, I'd like to be able to keep him, but... Um,
7: you can. You just does, have to remember... Happens. You can keep him. You just have to remember, you have to be in charge. You have to be the pack leader. Use positive reinforcement and corrections. When the dog is doing what you want, you give positive reinforcement and affection, which means if the dog is laying there calm, that's the time to say good dog and give the dog a pet. When the dog is wound up acting like a fool, you give a correction. Snap her out of it. Get her mind on something else. Okay, and start walking them together regularly so that they understand you're the pack leader and they're part of a pack.
13: I see. Okay. Okay, and let neither one of them get in front of me.
7: Absolutely not. One, they one walk on either they, side then. Right. One on either side or behind you is fine. Never in front of you.
1: Yeah, puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why the Animal Radio Studio stunt dog, Ladybug, uses the Brilliant Pad Self-Cleaning Puppy Pad. We love how it handles number one and number two. It seals away the waste and replaces dirty pads for us. Brilliant Pad keeps our home clean and smelling fresh. All we do is replace the roll once every few weeks, and the process is fast and clean. In fact, Ladybug gives it five paws up. Learn more about it at BrilliantPad.com.
2: This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Stacey Cohen for Animal Radio. All right, I may, I may choke you up here for a second, but just stay with me. If a server at a dinner event said the special for the evening was rat, most people would probably think it was a joke, but that wasn't the case at the Allegra La Viola Gallery in New York City. Guests there got to choke down goat cheese bruschetta with rat tenderloin. They also had French toast with smoke rat for dessert. According to the New York Times, artist Laura Jin hosted an exhibition event as part of her project called Tomorrow We Will Feast Again on What We Catch. Guests were served a multi-course dinner of rats. The dinner cost 100 bucks each, and the diners had to sign a liability waiver before taking their first bite. Her project, as explained on her Kickstarter page, explores self-sufficiency in an urban environment. She documented her adventures using both photography and performance. Photographs of her at the exhibit showed her dismantling a deer head. Her dress for the event was homemade. 300 rat pelts were used as material. This girl's a little sick, but the artist's interest in being self-sufficient in the city led her to eat rats and have them prepared for dinner at the gallery. She explained, I could have gone with pigeon... I think people are a little more comfortable with pigeon and I wanted to put people outside of their comfort zone. Well, I'm sure she did that. A boy suffered some minor injuries after getting hit by a bird at Six Flags Great Adventure in Jackson Township, New Jersey. Authorities told NBC10 the victim was riding the Kingda Ka roller coaster. A bird slammed into his face. They had to shut the ride down for a while. They reopened it. He's going to be okay. It's quite a story to tell. His name's Shane Mattis of Howell Township. And uh, he said he was riding in the front car with his friend when um, something slammed into his face. When it hit me, I was like, what the... Did somebody throw a ball or something? And then I started spitting out feathers. I was like, that was a bird. (laughs) That's like my worst nightmare. Okay, the Louisiana State Penitentiary, the nation's biggest prison facility, they've got a new breed of guard dog that is working nights. The prison's wolf dog hybrids are perhaps the most creative solution to budget cuts within the nation's prison system. At the 18,000-acre prison known as Angola, 35 of the 42 guard towers now stand empty because of budget cuts, um, like 100 officers were laid off. Instead, at least three of the seven camps now make up complex. of the complex are regularly guarded by nine patrolling wolf dogs. The wolf dog hybrids range between 90 and 120 pounds and nobody has yet tried to overpower or outrun them. Captain Robert Tyler oversees the work of the dogs. How do you train a wolf dog? Well, very carefully and with a lot of hot dogs. He says it takes a lot of time. Wolves are like other canines and they're pack animals. So, you know, um, they're pretty slow to trust. The average correctional officer earns about 34000 a year. By comparison, the entire dog program, which includes about 80 dogs, costs $60,000 for medical care, supplies, and food. Yeah, so a few dog biscuits, and they got a good deal. I'm Stacy Cohen. Learn more at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
0: Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more animal radio with the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android. We have on
1: the phone with us Lee Day, and uh, she is the uh, celebrity pet hairstylist and pet entertainer to the stars. Lee, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Welcome.
11: Uh, thank you. I'm um, doing great. It's pretty hot out here in New Jersey in New York.
1: Hot out there in Hot out here in Joysy, darling. So now tell us. <laughs> What, what is it you do exactly? Well, um, I am a pet entertainer. I'm a only... pet entertainer? Do you, you mean you enter, entertain pets during the day? And all kinds of animals. Uh, great and small, and I save their lives. And um,
11: I just wanted you to know that it's very hot out here, and, uh, you know, people should keep their pets if they're in New York or any hot area in the A.C., because don't forget, if they're in a the car, that car will heat up in a matter of seconds and it will be like an oven. And, uh, and the dogs do not have sweat glands. And two police dogs just passed away. Um, I'm sure that the cop, the police were very upset about what happened, and they died from being oh, wow. asphyxiated in the car Sweet. from the heat.
1: You, you brought me down, Lee. Yeah.
11: I don't want to bring you down, but I want you to realize that. Uh, but I also have something very exciting, and that's I have a uh, bar Smith.
1: You, you have bar uh, mitzvahs? I do
11: uh, pet wait- dating services.
1: Uh, dating? And I entertain
11: the, the animals. So I'm like the Chuck
1: Woolery of dating. So now how do you entertain the animals? Because I have like one dog that is just bored. Bored? Hey,
11: how can it be
1: bored? Uh, it looks at me and goes, entertain me. And I'm like, what? What do you want? I, I grow your toys all time. day. I walk you. You know, What?
8: It's a
11: of, uh, uh, Songs to the animals. I, I'm a hairstylist, like you know, but I do not go into grooming shops. I don't like the way they have to be caged into the... Into the Cages here. I come into your home and I sing to your pet and entertain it. It gets a time out and it's you're by your pet's side. It's wonderful. Well, can you? Uh, I have so many clients around the country, it's unbelievable.
3: Can you? I got to ask a question. Yeah, go ahead. How come you don't like um, pets caged in a grooming salon because that's what keeps them safe?
11: Because I don't like. that they are caged cage, and then they put the dryers, and they hook them onto the grooming cages. And yeah, I think that's the, horrible. Do you know how many but, pets have died uh,
3: having oh, a gun? I know, definitely definitely know that, that,
11: but, but that's something that's not a shop, grooming
3: practice anymore.
11: Uh, yeah, it is. Unfortunately,
1: it is okay. You know what? You guys are all bringing me down once again. Okay, I'm. I'm, I'm gonna bring you down. For, but, for, they're, they're, but let's talk about something fun. Yeah, well, you know what? I want to. I want to hear you sing. And in fact, I want to. Everybody that's listening now, I want you to grab your pet. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, hold on a second.
11: Creator of um, Advantage, do you know that I, I created the words? I got no bugs on me. I got no bugs on me. There may be bugs on all them mugs, but there ain't no bugs on me. Yeah, see, that's me. I can like. look at Ladybug. Yeah. That you act- have a, a lick on the face, maybe. Nice, wet, and sloppy. But biscuits are your dog's
1: best friend. <laughs> that is, you should see Ladybug, the studio stunt dog. She's very excited right now. She very likes sunny. what you're doing. And about, please, please
11: leash me for a walk. Because I can't hold it anymore <laughs> A triple on the block Ow, I can't wait to get out that door I love it Oh yes <laughs> I think I see I think so, I see you know, an audition it's, it's on America's... a lot of fun And I'm um, 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 far from a downer My, It's always up, 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 up Because the animals are the greatest things in the world And they love you more than anything else in the world And they're the greatest thing And and, and people have to, you know, I just had a, a shirt made for neutering in Spain, and it's and it's great. And, you know, and, and it, I can't even explain how, how great it is, because people have to spray and neuter the pet. Do you realize that one cat can um, produce 2,000 cats,
1: kittens a year? Yeah, wow. that's, that's amazing. So you do these bar mix fuzz? Bark mitzvah. I'm the creator of the Bark Mitzvah. You're the creator the of that In nineteen eighty four. Wow. So now what happens at a Bark Mitzvah?
11: A Bark Mitzvah you get and and it's not uh you know, supposed to be sacrilegious or anything like that. Um, I say the uh the prayer, the Jewish prayer, the dog gets a pen and he gets um, presents. I did a bark mitzvah for Joan Rivers and and her dog Spike was so happy. I mean, he got a lot of attention, a lot of love and that's all it's about. It's not you know, it's not about uh, the manhood or anything like that. It's just a great party and the dog is, is Jewish. Now it, did, it do you have, Jewish owners.
1: Do you have to wait till the, uh, the dog is 13 years old? Uh, how does that work?
11: It would be two years old in, 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 in animal, in
3: human life, so it would be 13. So at ah. two years old, you get a bark Mitzvah. Okay, I see That's how that works. I just want to know something. On, on, on a Jewish dog, they don't have to um, you know, do a circumcision now, do they, before the no, bark Mitzvah? No, no. You, when, no. I, when
11: I when I groom the dog, I just go, I, boom, bam, boom, boom, boom. boom Bada-boom. <laughs>
2: So now you don't limit yourself to just cats and dogs. you also taken two lobsters out on a dating service?
11: uh, Like I said, I I have a romantic dating service, the only service in the world. Uh, Nobody else does this. What did you
2: do with two lobsters? Uh, They uh,
11: actually went out for a lobster. (laughs) But I really did. I I took them out, and then um, I took out uh, two penguins from SeaWorld, and I married them with a wedding certificate. Um, I uh, married Sally Jesse Raphael's dog. I mean horses.
1: You didn't marry you, actually yourself. You you actually married the the animals. Right? Yeah, he's, I he's, didn't get married no, to just, the animals. Yeah, I get confused. No, already. no. Okay. <laughs> I'm the I'm the preacher. I'm the rabbi. Okay. Now I see you you chaperone romantic dates. What goes on on these dates that makes them romantic?
11: I take them on romantic dates. That's why I said I'm the uh, I'm
7: the Chuck Willary. Now, what's a romantic date for a lobster? What what do they enjoy? Taking the rubber bands off the claws and letting them have (laughs) at it? What what goes on there?
11: Oh, my God.
1: Just like pulling their little claws together and raising them together. That's the romance. (laughs) There you go. Well, it sounds... Now, how, how can somebody get in touch with you just in case they want you to, like, perform a bark mitzvah or take their uh, dogs out for a date or, or something like or that, just monsters. entertain their pets? If they would
11: like to do a, a bark mitzvah, what they have to do is they can uh, go to my website, leedaypetentertainer.com, or they can follow me on Twitter under Doogie Day.
1: Doogie Day was my singing uh, partner. Well, I think in the, uh, well, all the 30 years that I've been doing this, has it been 30 years, 40 years? 50 years I have not at all once (laughs) met a pet entertainer so this is cool to finally meet you Lee Day thanks for spending time with us today
11: I thank you so much and I thank you all for caring for the animals
14: Here is today's top automotive news story. I'm Nick Miles. The Infiniti QX55 is expected to be powered by the same two-liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine as the QX50, with a sloping roofline inspired by the first generation of FX performance crossover. Ed Kim, analyst with Auto Pacifica, said it offers a more style-driven counterpart to the QX50 that can potentially bring more Conquest customers to Infiniti. The QX55 will debut in the summer of 2020. To find your new Infiniti, check out our reviews at OurAutoExpert.com.
0: Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car care needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service. For professional parts people you can trust, stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts. Better prices every day. Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy.
1: Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Kensington Books... When homicide hits her suburban Connecticut hometown, Melanie Travis and her pedigree poodles are back on the case in Bite Club. Cozy up with your furry friend and see if you can figure out who the real killer is. Bite Club by Lorian Berenson is available everywhere books are sold. And you can learn more at KensingtonCozies.com. Thanks, Kensington, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, Sue. How are you doing? Okay. How about yourself? Splendid. Oh, what can we do for you? I have Dr. Debbie right here.
6: My Tim. dog was diagnosed this past spring with a mast cell tumor, which was removed on April 10th, and the vet was able to get clean margins all the way around. Okay, and great. she put her on a high dosage of Benadryl for 90 days. Mm-hmm. And I had investigated online, and there was some that or i guess there's a form of chemotherapy which i didn't want to do because my dog is happy pretty much healthy active for a nine-year-old border collie um but i was wondering if there was anything else i can do besides just watching to see if this comes back okay. uh, in the way oh. of nutrients uh, i mean i mix broccoli in with their food and they do get supplements along with a high quality
5: food now, you said this was a stage two mast cell tumor. What location was it?
6: The upper part of her leg where it attaches to kind of the body on the inside of the right front leg.
5: Mm, okay, alrighty. Um, so I guess the, the bottom line when we talk about mast cell tumors, uh, the first thing is that, uh, for those that don't know, mast cells are inflammatory cells that are present in dogs' tissues. And um, when we develop a tumorous growth of these, um, they can be very unpredictable. And there's different ways we classify mast cell tumors. So a uh, grade one is the best one to have. It's the most benign. So once you remove it, and it's completely removed, usually in a good good position. Grade threes are by far more serious. They can metastasize in about 25% of the cases, may require chemotherapy, radiation therapy, follow-up surgeries, all of that. So a grade two falls smack dab in the middle, and that's the problem. Uh, We don't know and we can't predict how each individual pet's um, tumor is going to necessarily behave. So there are some things that we look at as far as um, one thing to ask your veterinarian is things like the mitotic index, which tells us a little bit about the cells and how they were described on the biopsy report. Um, So if I have a mast cell tumor, they
6: didn't look like they were active. I don't think she had a whole lot of concern, but this is my best buddy here. And I just, I just want to make sure that, you know, I continue doing the best I can for her um, on that. And And I'm following my, my vet's instructions and I'm just putting an, an eye on her, but I don't know what these tumors look like when they first start. Okay, and, well, um,
5: I'm going to go back to the grade twos and how it, sometimes this can be really confusing because there isn't an absolute answer in what we need to do to prevent these. There's not always a lot of clear answers on this. So um, a lot of people, we just kind of throw out all the options of whether we pursue chemotherapy. Um, the drug you may have been thinking about or you read about was one called Palladia, which um, is a type of an Inhibitor for um, mast cell tumors to help with uh, the metastasis that they can have or with the more aggressive forms of it. So there's a lot of arsenal uh, things in our arsenal. We don't always pull them out for a grade 2 because if it's a low mitotic index and we feel comfortable about where it was located and how well it was removed, we may just sit back and say monitoring, um, checking lymph nodes and regular vet checks may be the best way to go there. So y- you did ask about what other things like nutrition and, and supplements and so forth. And you know th- this is a tough area because there's not a lot of absolute studies. There are some general recommendations that um, some folks that are that dabble in holistic veterinary medicine will advise, and, and those, I'll be honest, I, I don't particularly use a lot of the alternative therapies, but I do know that the flavonoids, um, the different um, plant extracts, the tea extracts, those type of things are used, um, as well as things like vitamin C, high doses of fatty acids, and even things like the uh, um, the, the turmeric, the, uh, the spice. There's an extract that they'll use for, in the hopes of Decreasing inflammation related to mast cell tumors and, and hopefully to help prevent their progression. But I'll be honest, you know, I, it's one of those things that will it help? Maybe. Um, but how are we going to prove that? I don't know. Um, so you might check with your veterinarian if they have an herbalist or holistic veterinarian. If you want to dabble into that, um, you know, I'd say that we need a little bit more direction in that avenue. But for me, I can tell you, uh, one of my babies had a mast cell tumor and that's the scariest thing is you have to watch and you have to be very vigilant. What we watch for is really any skin growth is suspect. Mast cell tumors are the great impersonators. They can look like a mole, but there are many dogs that have mast cell tumors that are undiagnosed because the pet parent says, Oh, he's had it for years. It's nothing, it hasn't grown a lot. And that is the great mystery with the mast cell tumors why some of them are so quiet and sit there and then some can be very aggressive so really for me i'd say for you i would recommend any skin lump or bump the best thing is to have a needle biopsy a quick um, inpatient test done and um, they can look at that and see if there's any suspect of mast cell tumor and jump on that i appreciate it thank you Okay.
1: Good luck with that, Sue. We appreciate your call today. Well, I guess that's all the time we have for today's show. I want to thank Joanne Worley, who is very much alive, for joining us today, as well as, and I, I promise I won't ask that anymore if our guests are thank alive. Thank you. I want to thank Lee Day, who uh, certainly was entertaining. Uh, Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, was very entertained by Lee Day. She was. Uh, visit us over at the Facebook page at Animal Radio, or email us the old-fashioned way at, your voice at animalradio.com or tweet us at Animal Radio radio don't forget to visit dr debbie's facebook page too and go like that she has a brand new book out it's a it's an ebook. is that correct
5: it's an ebook. yes it's by 101 publishing it's called yorkshire terriers how to be your dog's best friend Ooh. so check it out Aww.
1: we'll see you next week right here for more animal radio have a great week
5: Bye-bye. bye bye bye